Welcome everyone to another edition of Drunk Agile. Um, we'll start with Nisha in the background. Just excited as always, just just jumping off the, off her pillow, you know, at the at the thought. Of, yeah. Um, with me with Nisha is um, her her. I don't know what would you call you. <laughs> what would you call your relationship with Nisha? I don't know. Her, her her butler. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Her minion. Her minion maybe. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Pratik. And with us tonight, we are so lucky to have the man, the myth, the legend, Yuval Yarrett. Yuval, say something about yourself. Hey, Dan. Glad <laughs> to be here. I've heard so much good stuff about this podcast. If you don't, if you don't know anything about, couldn't be higher. Yeah. <laughs> you can only go downhill. Um, yeah. About myself. I don't know, some people call me, used to call me Mr. Kanban Israel. Doesn't make that much sense now that I've been out of Israel for six years now. Um, but I am doing, um, doing a lot with Kanban, doing a lot with Scrum, Safe, trying to make sense of all of these different options, trying to help people make sense of these different options, trying to... Um, avoid uh, all the artillery going on in the in between different walls uh, sometimes uh, even trying to make peace together with you then and partake between these walls so that's what i've been up to trying well, that's, to be that's actually a good segue into what we want to talk about tonight but before we get into that um of course we need to we need to talk about what we're drinking so uh you've all since you're our guest can would you like to start us off what, what, what are you drinking tonight uh, I'm drinking uh, Four Roses. Let me turn off the virtual background. We don't need that. No. Hard to see what we're drinking with that going on. So a uh, sort of uh, sour Four Roses. All right. So is sour? With, uh, do I see a cherry? Uh, that's a cherry. Tell me yeah, that's a black cherry, cherries. please. A black is cherry. It, cherry. Is it black cherry? Italian Monichino cherries. Okay, whatever. good. Yeah, right. yeah okay. no, those we allow. Yeah, because if it was anything else, we'd have to kick. We we would just kick you off. The, the, <laughs> we would have right to stop right here. We would. We would, you would leave. Right, okay. Only the real thing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> how do I have there some sort of uh, beaters, fire beaters? Oh no. Yeah, Hopefully, okay. Steve Reed isn't watching this. <laughs> uh, Pratik, what are you, what are you uh, drinking? I have I have uh, this brand new bottle of Everfeldy that somebody hand bottled and brought for me. I don't remember the name of that guy, but fifty seven point seven percent. It's yeah, just 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 right. It was actually bottled almost exactly a month ago. Yeah, it's got it's got a hint of smoke to it. I think. Um, yeah, it does. It does. It's just just on the on the finish, which is. It's not too bad. Um, I, 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 I told these guys I'm, I'm, I'm totally chickening out tonight. Um, just, I just literally, I think 15 minutes ago, got off, got off the tennis court. So it's water for me trying to rehydrate. The age statement on this water is about what, five minutes ago. Um, so I apologize to the viewers who are hoping to see me drink something interesting. It's just, it's just water for tonight. So. Uh, well, drinking, so we're good. Okay, so, you, uh, so you've all, I mean, um, oh, cheers everybody, cheers. Um, so, you know, some of you probably don't know about Yuval. He was, um, I think it's fair to say he was one of the very first, maybe the first in the international community to really kind of, you know, pick up and, and adopt Kanban um, and, uh, and kind of spread it out, out, outside of, of, of where it started. 
Um, and as he said, he's, he's had, you know, um, he's, he's been in all communities, he's been in the scrum community, he's been in the safe community. So tell us maybe just, just maybe at a high level first, and then we can drill down. What's exciting to you, Yuval, about the intersection of all those things, Kanban, Scrum, SAFE? What, I mean, what's, what's going on that that's good that we should all know about? I think if you look at them the right way, through the right prism to use Pratik's shirt, they look very similar. But if you look through the wrong prism, they look so different to people. Um, and it's beautiful when people see the connection and it's stuff you need to get drunk about the rest of the time when people abuse each and every one of these things and doesn't really see the connection to other things. Well, well, one of the one of the impetuses for this for this particular call, getting Yuval on our show, number one, because I mean we've known Yuval forever, and it's actually been too long. We should have had him on much much earlier. Um, uh, but number two, we did we did have a little bit of discussion about where Safe was going in terms of their their flow metrics, um, and maybe specifically, I don't know, you you know better than I do. I mean, are, are they were story points ever part of Safe? Um, was that or you know have they dropped that officially? I mean, because that th th that's starting to be kind of that fertile ground of where religious wars pop up, I think, you know, is when people are looking at it through the, the wrong lens. So I don't know, can you say something about those, th those things you've all? Yeah, yeah. So originally, um, similar to the scrum world, to be honest, the, it's very similar to the picture we were seeing in the scrum world when we were, um, you know, starting to go around and pitch uh, Scrum with Kanban to scrum.org. I think the situation in the safe world is kind of similar. There's a lot of story points in the gospel, in the scaled agile framework. Um, but some practitioners are starting to see the light. I would see that due to the kind of organizations that implement safe and the kind of practitioners that look at safe, it a bit behind the curve. It's, you know, I'd compare it to where Israel is when it comes to COVID vaccines compared to where the U.S. Uh, the SAFE is like the U.S. It's taking its time. I'm hoping it will accelerate eventually and, uh, and pass, but Israel is on the bleeding edge. Kahneman practitioners have been on the bleeding edge of a lot of the better ways, um, better real realizations about how to think about metrics, how to think about work, uh, being more principle driven. I think it's getting into the safe world. The fact that, you know, safe practitioners uh, are pointed towards Reinertsen's work around flow and um, in the principles, the safe principles read like a table of contents of principles of product development flow. They really do. You open it up and you see the chapters, right? And, and you know, Dean Leffingwell is upfront about it. He cherishes, he admires uh, Reinertsen's work and wants as many people as possible to be exposed to it. Um, but there's still a lot in SAFE that is inspired by, let's call it the Mike Cohen style of uh, Agile that resonates a lot with people that come from the project management, uh, from, you know, uh, PMI, PMP background, and these people are looking for control and find that control in story points, even in tasking. 
So it's definitely part of the safe story right now. Um, I wrote about using safe without story points at the team level a couple of years ago. I haven't looked at uh, how popular that blog post is. I imagine it's not one of, you know, it's, it's not a bestseller. Let, let's put it like that. Um, but I'm hopeful maybe someday. Um, so it's still, it's still part of safe. Um, I don't think that you'll lose your safe license if you start to use no estimates at the team level. Um, but there's no clear guidance to teams on how to actually go about do that as part of the, um, the formal framework, because it's a bit of an guard for the people that are currently implementing safe. That's state, the state of things right now. There are conversations, by the way, around should agile teams uh, practicing safe use tasks and detailing the items in the iteration or sprint backlog? You know, we're going back and forth with that, on that. There's been progress made a couple of years ago when, you know, the language changed to some teams use, you know, detailing or tasking in these sort of situations. Now, you know, it's kind of reverted to many teams use tasking in the, you know, in, in the framework and we're working, you know, uh, I'm an SPCT, it's Safe Program Consultant Trainer. We're kind of a small group, not more than 100 people uh, worldwide. And we, you know, we're trying, uh, some of us are trying to convince SAI to, you know, be more on the, some teams do that. This is where it might be useful maybe, but it's not a must. And think about whether you really need that, especially if you're using Kanban to visualize the flow on this agile team. And a lot of these tasks are just inherently modeled as part of your definition of workflow. So two steps back, one step forward. That's the dance of getting more Kanban, real Kanban thinking into uh, the framework, which I, I think it's fair, right? Yep. We always need to see, you know, what's the legacy? What are people used to? What's the value of, you know, talking about no estimates or no tasking as part of the framework, what's the cost to get that message across, what's the ROI on making that change versus another change. So it's become a big ship and it's hard to change the legacy there. That's, that's the story, I think. Pratik, I'm going to let you jump in here in just a second, but um... I just want to, uh, quick apologies to our viewers. Uh, you, you've all said avant-garde. I don't know if you heard, he said avant-garde there. That's that's a bit highbrow for us. You know, um, we, li we like to keep it a little bit more in the gutter. Um, so, you know, apologies for, you know, for if, you know, any, any viewers got offended by, uh, you know, by the, that, you know, hoity-toity language of, of you all. So, um, Pratik. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to jump in, and, and I think I think uh, you all, as you as you as you're explaining that that evolution that at least you're trying to trying to affect, and and a bunch of you are trying to affect within Safe, it's promising, and especially Safe releasing those uh, a flow metrics, a set of metrics that are more centered around flow. It's very promising because Safe has become such a big vehicle to to carry these things forward in so many places. <laughs> the more uh, flow thinking, flow metrics 
make their way into the official safe charter the more people think about that stuff and yeah it's a the thing i think it could be very powerful yeah, say, I mean, yeah. safe is at the portfolio program portfolio level but i think scrum is at the team level right people people associate scrum with agile people associate safe with agile i think you know it's kind of the de facto so yeah yeah a recent uh a recent state of the, the agile world quoted something like 37% of people use safe as their scaling approach. So it's definitely, if we want to affect change in the agile world, this is one of the most important vehicles to, um, to affect change in. It might be hard because it's so popular and so established, but you know, we keep trying. All right, so so let, let's let's talk about some actionable things that, that that we can do there. I mean, what? I mean, because we've got um, you you've all and I you, you heard him allude to it. You know, we, we've got a bit of a history in trying to to build these bridges. You know, we we went and we we worked with Scrum.org to build the, the Scrum Scrum with Kanban class, which up until Pro Kanban came along, which um, we'll talk about Pro Kanban in, in just a second. I would argue the Scrum with Kanban class was the best Kanban class on the planet, even though it was technically about Scrum. Um, and to, you know, to your point, your ball, it's really the same thing, you know, it's, and it's silly. We, 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 we talked about that until we were blue in our faith, our face, um, you know, now pro combines come along, um, you know, trying, trying to get that community. So I'm, I'm really interested in your thoughts in terms of how, how we continue to, to build these bridges, you know, with, cause I think we've got a lot more, you know, historically, you know, it has been a bit of us versus them, you know, how do we, how do we get rid of that attitude and, and how do we start working, you know, amongst these communities to just to make things better, solve, solve problems? So one thing that I've been trying to do is to get, to get strong trainers and maybe, you know, we need to do the same with some common trainers, to learn about safe from the right perspective. So I've had, you know, each safe class that I run, um, there's one or two uh, scrum trainers or agile coaches there. Um, people from scrum.org, uh, people that are now trainers in uh, Pro Kanban. And I think they're, I hope that they're getting an interesting perspective on SAFE, similarly to how people that attended our uh, professional scrum with Kahneman classes that came from a hardline scrum perspective, um, got a taste for you know the value of Kanban and how it's actually um, one of the more powerful ways to think about work and improve your scrum. So that's something I'm trying to do, one thing. I think we need to keep writing. I think we need to keep giving examples of how to use things like um, Kanban and the right flow metrics to help um, you know, safe teams. I recall you know, a couple of conversations that we've had uh, then where we were thinking about how do we take some of the flow metrics and tell some stories around how they could be used, not just by teams, but how to use them at the team of teams, the agile release train or the portfolio level. I think there's potential there. Um, Monte Carlo forecasting, which is a 
related aspect could probably be very interesting to people that are looking for uh, building confidence around roadmaps and um, capacity planning and those kind of discussions that are very popular in the safe world um, and would benefit from the rigor that the right sort of Monte Carlo forecasting would provide. But I think in order to do that, we should um, we should put a hold on our um, I wouldn't call it criticism because criticism is good, but disdain for safe. A lot of trainers in the Kanban and Scrum community aren't willing to touch safe with a pole, right? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, right, rightly or wrongly, whether you agree with safe or not, um, safe provides an answer that you know, for the most part, Scrum does not, and Kanban does not. You know, Scrum by by kind of by definition, Scrum really doesn't look beyond the the, the team level. And that's, that's not, a I'm not saying that's a deficiency of Scrum. That's just how the framework was designed. Same thing with Kanban. We're talking about Kanban really comes at, as a, from a principled perspective. So there's nothing in Kanban that's going to say, you know, this is how you should be agile at the portfolio level, although you could easily apply Kanban at the portfolio level. This is what, you know, what, what Klaus Leopold and, um, and others are doing with the whole flight levels thing. Um, so I, what my point is rightly or wrongly, SAFE filled that gap. Right. And, you know, I think it'd be stupid of us to kind of stick our heads in the sand and say, oh, you know, safe as the devil. We don't want anything to do with that, you know, because it's 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 ruining agile. Well, you know, that that train has sailed. So, we, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think it's it will ruin agile if the wrong people would be at the forefront, if the right people. Would be in the forefront and helping implement safe and make safe better it will be a different story the same could be said by the same by the way about scrum and kanban the wrong kanban, people, yeah. 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 i mean i mean yeah. that, that has probably been said about kanban for the past 10 years although we're not going to go there yeah. we're not we're not talking about no, that no, tonight. Not <laughs> we're talking about what we're not <laughs> Sorry, this is your... the theme of today there's yeah. a list of things we're not talking about yeah take, take a drink uh, yeah, Pratik, you were going to jump in and say something. I was going to say, that the, the, I am pretty sure just, just in the comments in this video, there will be a whole bunch of things about, but, but, but safe is of the devil. And th there will be that disdain. But at the same time, I think we, we kind of have to realize the fact that 37%, that's what you all, that's what you said, 37% of the practitioners are, uh, are, are probably in, in, in some sort of a sort of some some phase of implementation of safe, it it probably behooves us to kind of understand it better and go yellow card to you too, Pratik behoove. <laughs> what 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 is going on here? It's, it's, it's the Aberfeldy. <laughs> Usually I say that stuff and you're drinking, so you don't catch on to it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun being the only sober one on drunk agile. Everyone yeah, just gonna exactly. just gonna throw that out there. Sorry, go ahead. I catch you. I'm sorry, Pratik, I cut you off. We're willing to pause and let you grab some. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, the, the reason, yeah, is that the safe is out there. It's being implemented by a lot of people. We, it cannot be a thing of we just keep people outside of safe, keep fighting safe. It has to be one of the things of let's figure out how we can work with folks like Yuval to 
kind of bring our ideas and make it better, make hopefully affect some change in that in in, in that big framework that's being used. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's take, for example, story points again, right? You, you asked about story points in SAFE. So I think there's one thing to say, you know what? We go into SAFE with a big eraser and we get rid of all story points in SAFE. And we go in with your, um, you know, your story, your white paper about what, what was his name? The... The NFL coach. Oh, the, the don't be a Ditka. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't be a Ditka uh, story and tell these people go burn your West Jeff. Don't, you know, don't prioritize. I mean, that's going to be a fun conversation, right? To a point. It always is. Yeah, it always is. Um, but I'm not sure that that's, you know, where we should go right now. Um, so to be more concrete, what I'm trying to say to people about story points in SAFE is I'm telling them, listen, we have tons of data that shows that at the team level, once you right size the work, just make sure it fits well into your sprint. The predictability that you get based on counting items and looking at throughput is much better than you know, what you get from using story points and getting velocity. But don't trust me, try it out and see, okay? You know, do story points for a while, but also count, look at, you know, the, the graphs and see which graphs is more stable, right? More under control. Make up your own mind. Assuming that you really make an effort to right size items, which is what you should be focusing on anyhow. But there's another conversation, which is, for example, in SAFE, there's PI planning, okay? Program increment planning, the thing you do every eight to 12 weeks, let's say every quarter, you look at the next couple of sprints, you try to figure out what's gonna fit in, what's not gonna fit in. Let's you know, look at dependencies across the teams. Do I really need to right size all of the items in order to do PI planning? That would be a waste, right? So um, do I do it just by counting items, even though the items that are gonna go into the back end of this quarter or PI are probably bigger, less refined. Mm, it's gonna be hard for me to, um, to convince even myself that that's a, a good way to plan, okay? So something that I feel more comfortable with is to say for the sprint or iteration level, don't do story points. Just right size items and just count them. Use throughput. That's good enough. Convince yourself that it's probably good enough. When it comes to looking beyond the iteration, when it comes to planning a program increment or doing WestJeff, doing the prioritization process, which you will do, right? You will look at, somehow you look at the cost of delay of something um, that's probably not that accurate, but you'll do it at some level. Um, and you look at the cost of something, probably not accurate either, not more accurate or less accurate than your cost of delay, but you're doing something in order to have that conversation and um, get to some shared understanding of what to do next. Um, 
let's let's have something that basically looks at the weight of those features or bigger stories that aren't sprint ready yet. The way I like to to do it is to ask how many stories do I think this will eventually become? So I'm thinking this is this looks like something that you know we did in the past and eventually became 13 things. Yeah, let's put a 13 on it. Do we think it's something that will eventually become 20, 5, 40, whatever? Let's put some number on it. It's fine. We're using it for now. We're using it for forecasting. We're using it for longer term planning. We're not going to use when we get to the point that we're actually pulling these things into an iteration, let's just make sure that we right size them. So for me, that's a pragmatic approach that has a chance of sticking in the safe world. For most other no estimates uh, practitioners, and I, I'm even seeing you kind of, that's not really how we look at things, right? Well, you know, some no estimates people, uh, I'm sure Duarte is, is, you know, is not liking what I'm saying right now. So, but I think it's the pragmatic, you know, two steps forward, one step back, you know, the pragmatic compromises that, that we need to make. Now, on this specific issue, I know where, you know, we have our arguments even on whether you do need to have no estimates all the way, even to the big rocks, or does it make sense to have some sort of estimate for the bigger rocks? So we're allowed to have our arguments. That's what makes life fun. I, I imagine Pratik, you and I are going to say the same thing. You, you go. But... Uh, no, well, uh, what I was going to say was, you know, I think I, to me, I think what you're talking about is, is bringing those teams that are so entrenched in doing detailed estimates to the next level where they don't need to do the detailed estimates at the team level, but still need to do some sort of estimation at the program level. And even if we make that shift, then we can start having the conversation of even, is that necessary? Like, as you said, we have certain, we have certain differences in the way we look at it, but at least that opens up the space for that conversation to happen. And then maybe if we get to the point that we understand, oh, we don't need to do that, then we can try that with a few teams as well. Yeah, I mean, this. Uh, I was I was going to go with the, the shameless plug of uh, Pratik, your Rain Man. You have to tell us what episode it is, but I think it was what two episodes ago. It um, was. What are you talking about? The the, the right sizing oh, of the epics. Yeah, so you've all. I don't know if you saw. We we talked that about that was episode twenty nine. How to do right sizing of epics um, when you haven't refined them? When we don't know, you know, how many stories is in this? You know, in in this particular item, you know, what, what's it going to break out down to? But yet we still need a plan for it. Um, because you don't know how many stories it's just of course yeah you don't yeah but, yeah, but you you're but guessing just, it's yeah. all a guessing game right of course it is but we can but we can use data to have a to make a little bit more informed guess or a little bit more informed forecast um, to, to aid those those conversations so um, I bet you know if we were to sit down and kind of kind of go through that you know I would assume that'd be something that would be amenable to at least some of the people in the uh, you know in the safe community um, but, you know, it's because like we... And I think we need to write it in such a way or refer to it in such a way that it will be. That, well, and, and, and that's yeah. on us, right? Yeah, that's yeah. on us. Well, that's on you, because I don't know. Right. I don't know how to talk to you safe people. I don't know. How to talk to you. <laughs> that's, 
That's why I'm talking to you because I don't, I don't, I don't know. That feels very really unsafe. <laughs> I don't know the language, you know. But that was like when I first entered the Scrum community. I didn't know what language to use. It's taken me two or three years, you know. Have and you I learned? Think, I don't know. I still see people cringe when I talk about Scrum, so maybe not. But uh, I think I'm better. But that's why I think that's the whole point of this, this episode. That's why these conversations are so important because it's, it is. It's like learning a, a brand new language. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like that 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 epic level thing, that the thing. I think that's going to be that now. Now that we're having the conversations of replacing story points with more of the flow metrics, I think in in a couple of years that will be the big conversation of how do we replace that this level estimation we've replaced. Whatever about that upper level estimation, how do we replace that with the flow me- the other flow metrics that we're gathering? I think. the minimum viable step forward is to actually make sure that people at the program level, you know, call it feature in safe, call it Epic in Jira, whatever, pay attention to these metrics at that level. Yes. So for me, something that we're not doing that well in the Kahneman world, in, you know, whatever world that we're talking in, unless I've been really out of touch recently, is a lot of the metrics are too focused on the team level. And we need to double down on metrics for the higher levels. Metrics at the portfolio level, metrics at the program level. It's basically the same metrics for starters, but there are some interesting things that happen once you start to talk about bigger rocks, right? The cycle times are much longer. You know, throughput is not as you know even there are some interesting things but i think that's something that we should start to pay attention to so if you know we're looking at jira and collecting some metrics and providing some charts on it using actionable agile or whatever how often are we looking at the epic kanban board and doing flow metrics on that versus doing it at the team level if we're honest about it well, I, yeah, and that's another episode we did because if we're honest about it, I still think it's every day or most most every day, um, honestly. But that's that's a whole other conversation, particularly what you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, that, and, and again, just, uh, call back to the previous episode, but it, I, I would say that level is even more important than the story level because most of the time, customers are expecting features, yes, not stories. So tracking those metrics at the feature level, the epic level is probably even more important and figuring out what's causing us to slow down on delivering epics is probably even more important than, than story. And, and as agile teams mature, mm-hmm. the bottlenecks, the delays go beyond the team. Yep. You know, you could see a situation where cycle times at the team level look great, but yep. that's not the interesting cycle time. The big delays happen before it even gets to the team at, you know, the bigger rock level, epic feature, whatever you want to call it, or after, you know, the team is done with something. So managing that value stream is, is crucial. And I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, thinking about it um, more often these days. You're probably the, the few ones that do. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to work with uh, clients to, Take a look at, you know, set up those Kanban boards, take a look at those kinds of metrics, but it's not at the forefront of everything that, you know, 
most people look at when they're using Jira, for example. Speak Well, so speaking of shameless plugs, this is something you and I should talk about offline, Yuval, because I don't know if you've seen, we just released for Actual Agile what we're calling a portfolio forecaster, um, which is essentially based on, on a dashboard that Pratik put together at, at Ultimate Software. Um, and so it is, it is, you know, how do, how do we track these metrics and how do we start making decisions? Um, how do we get signals much earlier um, at that at that feature level, you know, rather than down at the at the team which, by the way, if we want to speak the safe language, that's not what safe portfolio is, right? <laughs> so if we want to align on language, the for safe, the program level Kanban is what you use to look at the flow and manage the flow of features. The portfolio Kanban is for epic level initiatives that span multiple features, multiple PIs, maybe even multiple, you know, edge or release trains. Um, so just another flight level, just another. That's just going to say it's, it's yeah. honestly, that sounds there's semantics at that point. That sounds the same to me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same. It's just, I know it's not the same. Level, but yeah, different but people. It's not gonna change the type of flow metrics that right. you use. Yeah. But if yeah. we want to resonate with the safe people, we need to use the language that makes sense to them. That's all I'm saying. So. What? what so wait. What's it? What's it called? Uh, what's the level below the portfolio level? Program. Pro There's actually program and solution, but most likely it's the program. The edge or release train, okay. which is a team of teams. Okay. You know. We act, you know, we're actually trying to evolve beyond the name program in safe, but we still call it the program Kanban until there's, you know, you can call it the feature Kanban board if you want, okay. if you want, but, okay. but it's not portfolio level. So think of it as, think of it this way. So portfolio level would be if you have multiple products, systems, team of teams, and you're trying to allocate your budget to those different groups and each one of them is working on their things and there are also initiatives that cut across, but they're not really working together on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's the safe language for these things. Okay. And right. I'm actually seeing more and more organizations that find this to be one of the most problematic areas in their work. So I'm seeing more and more organizations where the challenge is that they're trying to spread too thin, work on too many initiatives at the organizational level. Um, you know, each one of their agile release trains, which is a team of teams up to 125 people is working on too many of these initiatives um, and a lot of time isn't organized around value. So if you see a situation where too many of your initiatives, too many of your OKRs, if you want to use that language, map to too many agile release trains, to too many teams of agile teams, that's probably an indication that you're not organized the right way. Mm -hmm. Your topology or architecture of your teams doesn't make sense. So that's one thing that you need to take care of. But even if you have the right structure, some teams would span across these, um, these different groups and you need, to manage, you need to manage them as well. You need to make sure that there aren't too many things that you're trying to do that cut across the entire organization, the entire portfolio. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like 
portfolio level is that initiatives um, Kanban board essentially that cuts across multiple teams, possibly multiple programs. Mm-hmm. Program level is more of that feature level flow. Exactly. And below that is a team level with the stories. Yep, exactly. At least that's the that's the language. That's the translation, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just going to be calling all of you when you know when I start, start <laughs> using this 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 language, but. Uh, um, Google Translate. I'll just call it, start calling you guys Google Translate. Uh, so we, we've we've kind of danced around it. I don't I don't know if we want to actually step on the landmine that is flow metrics and safe, or so we should we just call that conversation good for now, um, and uh, and and just just move, move on from there, and maybe wrap up talking about something else. You've all. I'll, I'll leave it up. Happy to, to try. I mean. <laughs> Now well, that we have alcohol in us, at least well, some of well, us. Well, let's let's. I mean, let's <laughs> like us. I said, let's let's let, let's let's leave it at. Um, you know, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that you know that there. It seems like there's a concerted effort to make flow metrics a part of the safe framework. I mean, that's as you were saying earlier. That that's at least a step in the right direction. Um, and and if if we're thinking about it in in agile fashion, the 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 release is version one, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it gets better. I, I I would love the opportunity to talk to whoever's making the decisions about incorporating the, the flow metrics because you know, as you know, you've all I've got some things I'd want to say about, you know, yeah. about you know what, what they're choosing. That's okay to say about flow metrics. Yeah, I what? know. Go figure. But <laughs> like I said, I, but I, I'm hoping I would be gracious enough to start the conversation with. Thank you so much for at least looking at this stuff and 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 considering it to to bring it in because so that's, that's where we need to be. About- yeah, I will talk about something else that is a similar story, but not the same thing. So you've probably heard that some people consider SAFE's approach toward weighted shortest job first and cost of delay to be sacrilegious to how you should be doing these sort of things. Okay. Um, Joshua Arnold from Black Swan Farming would say, you know, this isn't really what Reinertsen had in mind when he was teaching us about cost of delay and weighted shortest well, job first. So actually, can I interrupt you? Because that's that's this is another place where I need help with with language because, um, and this is hopefully for clarification for our viewers out there. Um, Cost of delay is a specific implementation, potentially a specific implementation, or actually I should say CD3 is potentially a specific implementation of weighted shortest job first. Um, it doesn't have to be, but I think where, where it gets off the rails is, I hear anyway, people using um, weighted shortest job first and cost of delay interchangeably. And that's where they're not. They're, they're, not, they're definitely not the same thing. And I, I would argue that's what Joshua Arnold is, is railing against. Um, the way I understand what he's saying is slightly different, um, but I think both Reinertsen, Joshua Arnold, and SAFE are all saying we need to look at cost of delay divided by duration as our way to do weighted shortest job first. That's my understanding. That's not where the argument is. I think the argument is around how do you calculate cost of delay? Yes. And Reinertsen, on one extreme, would say you need to talk to the financial people. 
you need to open the excels with everything that's kind of built into the you know the PL for your product and that's you know you actually calculate the cost of delay for the different things and then you compare yep. which is and probably the right way to do it because I haven't seen Reinertson be wrong about anything <laughs> and it makes total sense. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've taken the class, I've done the calculations, makes total sense, not that practical all of the time, very hard, where maybe where we should strive. And Reinertsen said that as well. Yeah. Joshua yeah. Arnold would say, let's draw some, you know, cost of delay curves, classify, you know, whether this looks like this curve, that curve, something along these lines, I'm, you know, grossly simplifying, you know, a workshop that I took too many years ago uh, about that. Beautiful approach, very interesting. I, you know, um, it's something I, I, I love to do when I, when I get the chance. What Safe is saying is the way we would calculate cost of delay is we would divide it into three components. One component would be business user and business value. One component would be time criticality. One component would be the opportunity enablement, the doors this would open, or the uh, combined with the risk reduction, the you know the G GDPR kind of risk, uh, regulatory risk, wh whatever you know doors could be slammed in our face if we don't do this. Um, think you know those kind of things that appear in the colored cards in the uh, Kahneman games um, and let's do some relative estimate of the um, impact of each one of these um, or, or the attributes, each one of these attributes on each one of the things we're considering uh, as part of this prioritization exercise, aggregate that into cost of delay and divide it by the duration, which you know, there's a lot of arguments uh, against that, that it's not good enough, that it's not really cost of delay. But what Reinerson says is the amount of people that are actually aware of cost of delay these days, that are aware of weighted shortest job first and have started the journey towards doing economic prioritization the right way is the amount of the, these people is several orders of magnitude more these days than, you know, before when people had to actually go read Reinertsen's uh, Principles of Flow to, uh, or, you know, go watch uh, Joshua Arnold um, do his stuff to, to learn about this. That's the positive way to, to look at, at this. And I think the same sort of thinking applies for flow metrics. You know, we're on the, we're the avant-garde, the bleeding edge, whatever, you know, we have our uh, ideals about what flow metrics should look like. Let's continue to push these ideas, but hopefully within a couple of years, you know, many more people would actually be interested in flow metrics than, you know, than today, so. It's a platform, platform for the right ideas. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm too much of a purist. Um, for, for the record, I, I am a diehard, diehard, diehard Beinertsen fan when it comes to the cost of delay stuff. Um, it's it's one of the conclusions of our DICA paper that, that most people don't realize is that it, it, it was the first result that we came across was that if you have, if, it's a big if, but if you have the information that Don Reinerson talks about for cost of delay, CD3 is by far and away, by far and away, the best approach. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even close. Yeah, it, 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 you know, but the thing is, and this is, I think what you were talking about, Yuval, if, that, if you don't have that information, if it's too hard to get, if it's impractical to get, you know, now what do we do? And that's, and that's I guess, where my problem with SAFE is, uh, if, if I can state it this way. I don't know, maybe it's not a problem. It's, uh, it's where it may, makes me uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe I'll say it that way. It makes me uncomfortable is it is okay. Because Don, Don Reinerson actually talks about this. And I'm pointing, you can't see my bookshelf, but I'm pointing, it's on my bookshelf. Don Reinerson talks about this in his Principles of Product Development Flow is weighted, weighted shortage up first is an algorithm. It's up to you how you want to implement that algorithm. That's completely up to you. And so SAFE came along and they said, hey, this is our weighted shortage job first algorithm. Great, I think that's great. Don't call that cost of delay because it's not cost of delay. It's, it's, it's just not. And, and, and it's okay that it's not, you, you know? I mean, that's, it's perfectly fine that it's not, but don't try and make it something that it's not because I think it just, it confuses the conversation. Um, it, it's those types of things that, that, that you know, that, that drive me nuts. You know, um, I'm bottom line, you're a purist. Well, yeah, but I mean, because it's, I don't think it's good enough to say, That's well, a good thing, probably I don't, because I, I, like I said, you know, because, you know, we, we, we can talk about flow efficiency, we can talk about some of these other things. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a good thing um, to, to, to be talking about the right thing, but talking about it in the wrong way, you know, and that's, that's how you get story points, you know, that's, and that's, that, that's, I guess, what really what I'm worried about. Uh, Pratik, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say was, was you all, you're absolutely right. I think the more and more people are aware of, of uh, way to shortage job first and cost of delay type calculations than they were before. But it does seem like it, most metrics take a J curve with, with, uh, with uh, when introducing to safe where the initial thing is, okay, we're, we're not exactly doing this, but we're going down in the understanding of it. And eventually we're going to, chisel our way back up to, towards, towards the more purest definition of it. Um, and, and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier as well with the flow metrics. But, you know, we, we've started, good thing. We've started with this, people are now aware of it. But we've kind of dug down a little bit and now we need to start chiseling our way back up. So my hope is that that happens more and more. Yeah. And why, and why, why do we constantly change names? Why, why are we constantly changing names of these things? You know, it's like, well, you know where the flow metrics in SAFE are coming from. It's not yeah. because people are reading the Kahneman guide or the Scrum with Kahneman guide. It's I, I did, yeah, I didn't want to go there. Product, I didn't want to... product is where they, they're bringing the, I, these I, flow, I, I, flow metrics I, I, from. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I, 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 I know I didn't want to go there. But anyway, anyway, but the, like, yeah, okay. So that's what I'm saying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Maybe to what we should be doing, rather than you know, is talk to Mick about you know the one unified way to look at flow metrics. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should be doing. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be open to the conversation. I'm not sure how many other people would be, but I'd, I'd certainly be. Uh, but um, anyway. anyone drunk agile. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, actually, we'll probably get Dominica on first. We probably, you know, we should probably get Dominica on first and, and talk to her. Yeah. That, that would yeah. be a good one. We should, we should reach out to Dominica for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, you guys want to flip a coin? Who gets the last word? Who, who wants to wrap things up for us? I guess you've all, you're our guests. So you should probably, you should probably have the last word um, before we hand it over to Nisha. I don't have any last words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Done with all my words for today. Pratik, can you can you wrap things up for us? What, uh, uh, again, I, I am pretty sure this 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 episode is going to conflict a lot of our viewers. I'm pretty sure we're going to see. I'm hoping to see some very interesting comments. Um, uh, but again, as you all stated right at the beginning, we're talking about how do we bring all these things kind of together and have them all move forward together or learn from each other, and that that that's really what this conversation is about. How do we bring Scrum, Safe, Kanban, all kind of at a point where we can learn from each other a lot more? Um, yeah. Um, and I, 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 th I think that's a beautiful way to wrap it up. Um, you know, as much as I'm going to put words in Pratik's mouth, you know, as much as we like to complain about this stuff, um, we're much more interested in the conversation um, rather than the, well, depends on how drunk we are. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, 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 yeah, I was going to say, depends, we depends really on how much like alcohol. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Stay we, tuned we, for we, the next episode to yeah. hear all the complaining. Yeah, <laughs> since we, see, because it's all built up now, right? We didn't get it out in this one. We weren't able to get out of this one. So the next one, we're just going to yes. go. Yes, the outtakes, the, the real <laughs> subscribers get some of the outtakes, right? Right, yep. Okay, so uh, for, for Yuval, thank you so much for joining us for Pratik. Um, and of course, the ever pre oh, present Nisha. I think she's dreaming. She is. She's chasing a rabbit yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the ever pre present Nisha, thank you everybody for watching, and we will see you in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. <laughs>